Deep Chop Podcast, episode 41. The Alvin Kamara episode. Alvin Kamara, there we go. There we go. Damn, on the ride home, I was like, damn, I'm going to have to look that up. But nice, Jake. Way to go. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. Yeah, that's that's big brain. Big brain energy. The Braves have a 3-2 lead going back to Houston tonight. Guys, how are we feeling about a game six and seven? I really wish we would have finished it last night. I mean, I still think we're good. Don't don't misconstrue what I say. I think last night was our best chance to close it out. I I really do. Especially considering that start we had. You know, Adam Duvall has that grand slam in the first inning, and then boom, we're up 4 nothing. We're 24 outs away from a championship. That's tough. Tough loss to take. Tucker Davidson just didn't have his stuff. Really the whole pitching staff in general. Considering... Out, we saw AJ, we saw Mentor, but we didn't see you know, Matzik or Will Smith. Um, or Luke Jackson. Or Luke Jackson, yeah. Anybody? Just, dude, we, we threw so many balls. It was infuriating me. We walked yes. six guys. I think it was six guys. You don't you don't beat a good team like that. You don't you you not win a World Series game walking six people. You know that's just the fact of the matter. We refuse to change. Well, I know we're getting into this this later. Their refusal to pull what's his name, um, Smiley. Smiley. refusing to pull Drew Smiley and just conceding the game. That can't that doesn't sit right with me. You know, like we we've talked good about Snicker you know, multiple times on this podcast, and for good reason. You know, because he has had some really good moments in this postseason. But in the World Series, in a World Series clinching game at home, you got to play to win. And we were playing to not lose so much. Let me get my snicker takes out there. I've been thinking about it since last night. So I was at the battery all weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sneaking around cops because people were – are blocking the battery in for people that only have World Series tickets, but you know your boy can get around it somehow, some way. Oh, yeah. I'm in there. I'm in there like swimwear, paying ten dollars to get into a bar with a bunch of Atlanta people. So I've got some takes that I need to be put out there. Right? One. Let's go back second inning. Tucker Davidson gives up two runs. At that point, it was pretty damn clear Tucker Davidson needs to come out of the game. Yep. He got one good inning, which he got a double play in. Fix that. All right, great job. Really, once you did that, your job's done, man. Because then you gave up two runs in the second inning, and Snicker just thought, let's give him a third. What does he do? Two straight runners get on base, and there's a tie game by the third inning. That was the first problem. Then we go up 5-4, and then the Smiley situation, too. That was conceding the game. To be fair, didn't hit the ball. Didn't do anything offensively uh, besides, like I think, three hits after the third inning, after Freddie's home run. So, realistically, it didn't matter. But agree. It started with the Tucker Davidson. That was a dumb, dumb, dumb decision to leave him in the game, let him come out for that third inning. Just made zero sense in my mind. I mean, yeah, but if you think about it, like, yeah, we weren't hitting that much. But five runs wins three of the games we've played so far. Like, you know, that's that's a win in game one. That's a uh, loss in game two. Win in game three and win in game four. You know, five runs should be able to get it done. And our refusal, yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Going into that third inning, how we had any faith in Tucker Davidson, who, I mean, I think he made four starts for the Braves. Yeah, Yeah. like, he was in AAA this year. Like, I mean, I understand, like, last year with Ian Anderson, you know, his one of his first couple starts. It 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 wasn't smart. It just wasn't smart. It was terrible. It was terrible. Like, you saw what was happening in that second inning. Like, you let him go out for that second inning, okay, it makes sense. But it's 4-2. It is 4-2 in the World Series. You're up at home, and you've got a pitcher that's up that's obviously, you know, he's not going to beat the Astros. Like, he's just not. And you know he's not. You knew he put him on the card that he wasn't going to give you five innings that night. He was not going to give you that. Your whole objective was to get two to three innings of him to pitch, finish it with this amazing bullpen that has got us through the postseason. And that second inning... Third inning, we should have had Chavez out to begin with, yep. and then we should have let it roll. We probably could have had Chavez go maybe a fourth, Mentor a fifth, a sixth, Matzik seventh, eighth, Jackson maybe somewhere in there, and and Smith in the ninth. That is what the game plan should have. That is, and it, it probably would have worked. And I, it it blows my mind. Look, I know that you. Snicker was managing like he knew he was going to have to still play another game. Managing like he knew he was just going to lose the game, like you said. Like he didn't want to wear somebody out in game five rather than have him super healthy for game six. 
I don't know. It was like the same thing in game two. Just seemed like we gave up on the game. It didn't hit the same way like in game two. I don't know. A lot of a lot of frustrating things about last night because we were up four nothing early and should have should have came away with that I one. Think but he just he just trusts his guys though. And I, I my answer to that would be who else are you gonna throw? Like I think last night and these last two starts, okay, first of all, if Charlie doesn't get hurt, we he starts the game and we're fine. Okay, but yeah. we're having to deal with that injury. Yeah. So you're throwing guys that just don't have any experience, right? You, you had the I, I don't really think Snit really had another answer to that other than let's throw the whole kitchen sink. But instead, he kind of held back, just trusted the guys. Oh, if we would have thrown strikes, I think we'd have been fine last night. But we didn't throw strikes. We get a chance to go back to Houston, give them our t- completely best stuff for two games, and just say we got to win one of them. I feel good about that. Let's talk about that. How are we feeling about Game Six and Seven going forward? I, I feel fine about it. Say one last. I feel thing great about it. Last night, I don't think the I don't have an issue with Tucker Davidson making the start. Mm. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have you know, an issue with him starting. Just go two innings. And then, like, we had a day off today. We had a travel day. I mean, look, here's my thing. is when people say, like, oh, you know, it was probably a good, you know, good day off for the bullpen, you know, and the guys that didn't have to pitch last night. Every single team, I mean, the playoffs, that's just how it is. Your bullpen gets used a lot. That is just that's how baseball is played these these days. Each team is going to have to have a bullpen game here every once in a while. You're going to have short leashes on starters. Like the bullpen gets used constantly. So, I like you said Garrison, you know, that lineup that you put together, two innings for Davison, two innings for Chavez, and then let's go to the freaking night shift and close them out. And it was just that, if you think about it, it was just those, that one inning, you know, like we leave Tucker in there for a little bit too long, throw Jesse Chavez in a really tough situation to try and get out of it. He, you know, he gives up two runs, weren't earned um, in that inning. Get it. I don't get it. But, you know, yeah. but they move forward, th- game six and seven. I feel really good about it, you know, because this is the best situation we can be in. I'd like to go back, you know, just a little bit of perspective, go back to, I think it was like some point in August when we finally broke 500. You know, if I was to tell you, yeah, we're going to Houston up 3-2 with our two you know, best arms, the opportunity to win the World Series, you take that every single time. And I know it's easy to be a little upset and say like, damn, last night, like that would have been awesome. Close it out on the A. At the end of the day, this is a great situation to be in. We got to get one. We play 500 ball, and we're world champions. And honestly, I love Max. I love Max. I have personally, I have more confidence in Game Seven, Ian, because I, oh, I, yeah, dude, Ian is just a beast. I think he rises to the occasion in the playoffs, and you know, we've seen Max get roughed up here a couple times in the playoffs. I think, I think he's learned from it because if you look at two, yeah, game two, he started, he, he got roughed up a little bit, but he was able to settle down and give us some, you know, pretty good innings. So, you know, take from that, you know, learn what you got. You know, there, I know we talked about a couple, maybe like a week ago, you know, there were some rumors about him like tipping his pitches. You know, learn from that. Don't do that shit anymore, and then you know, go from here. I, I, I like our chances. And also, hats off to the Astros. They just hit. They, I mean, like, that's a good lineup. They're going to hit. Mm-hmm. You knew you was going to get one of these. Agreed. Which is, just going back to it, which is why I think everyone, just me personally, before the third inning even started, that's all I'm saying. Before the third inning even started, I was like, he needs to be out of the game. So, yeah. Looking forward. I am excited. I, I'm, I'm pretty confident in Freed. I think. Look, man, you can't you can't be the the guy in the second half of the season as long as he was. You got to give us one, you know. You got to give us one of these games yep. that we're gonna need. I mean, he he's got to do it, and it's not the game seven. There's a little less pressure on him. He's just got to make pitch. Ian Anderson also very confident, but I just don't I just don't want to get to a game seven. We, I know I don't either. Fun. We need to take care of business absolutely. But we'll see. But I, I, I do think it is important for. I mean, us as fans, I mean, we're obviously going to do this, and there's no reason for us not to. But as a team, I really hope they don't see Game 7 as like a safety net. We need to go out there. We need to take care of business. Yeah, we need to end it. We don't need a Game 7. We need to go out there and finish that shit. And then if we don't, then we take care of Game 7. You know, I don't. I do not want us to get caught looking ahead. I think we <clears> empty – we all chips in, you know, tomorrow. We're all in this. We go out to win that That's game. Right. I don't – I don't want to see us hold back any of, you know, if we're down a couple runs and then us have the same situation we were in last night where we throw some middle relief pitcher for four innings. I don't want to see that shit. I want us to freaking cock back and freaking fire at their asses, and I want to see us take care of freaking business. This is the you're opportunity. Going, you're, not, you're not going to see that, though, now, and I think that's part of the reason why you saw those mediocre yeah. pitchers, dare we say, throw last night because now you got two more games in the season left. 
you know that the night shift can give you five innings. We've seen them give us six. Mm-hmm. They're gonna they're going to. If they need to, they will. Hopefully Freed goes at least five or five or six, but we'll see. But, we need him to give us five. We need him to give us five. At least um, five and then throw it to the night shift. I mean, we've got the DH. We're gonna have everyone we need in the lineup. Charlie being hurt made game five a bit of a game. I think it did yeah. because you're talking about arms that have been throwing five out of every seven nights for the last month, month and a half. I mean, that's kind of tough now. It's pretty tough. It is. For, it is. Roster. Let's move on to some other stuff that happened over the weekend. Some football was played. Big games. We talked about it. Picks records for this past weekend. Let's get a I'm little I'm sliding. Count. I'm sliding. Lord. Let's get a little count in. I went three and six. My lock of the week did hit, though. Jake went four and five, his lock of the week, which was against mine, did not hit. Caleb went three and five, his lock of the week did hit with Notre Dame. You're telling me I had the best college football week last week? It was still under 500, but I will take that. I think that's the first time all year. I think that might be the first time all year. I'm getting closer and closer to 500. Everybody went, every, everybody missed, everybody missed their upsets of the week. You guys took some really pussy upsets anyway at plus 105 odds. But it's okay. Hey, dude, I had South Carolina like plus nine million the week before. I can take a little step down the week after. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just want to say six o six o and two on locks this year, guys. But o and six on those deep shots. Just want to throw a head out there. The, the streak <laughs> continues. The streak continues. Let's talk about these games though. Michigan State, Michigan, probably the most insane game of the weekend. Uh, top ten matchup in East Lansing. Michigan State down 30-14 in the third quarter, and as you know, just typical Michigan-Michigan State game, something crazy always happens. Michigan State comes back, huge come from behind win. Kenneth Walker is now the Heisman favorite to a lot of people. I looked at his stats earlier; it's like second in rushing yards in the country, third in touchdowns, like top 15 in yards per average. He got over a thousand yards already in the season, but a tough loss for Michigan. Absolutely. But Michigan State, 8-0. This was a really big win for them and for Mel Tucker because, you know, Michigan State, obviously at this point, it's 8-0. This is one of the best years they've had in a long time, but they really haven't had that statement win as big as this Michigan game, you know. Obviously, you look through their schedule, there's, you know, a good win here and there and there, but nothing at the the stake of Michigan-Michigan State, you know, the the in-state rivalry, huge win. And um, if you go back to the last podcast, I got the pick wrong, but I kind of called it. I said, this is going to be, you know, a crazy finish. You know, you're thinking it's going to go one way, it's going to go the other. Um, you know, it's a very entertaining game to watch. I can't believe Michigan blew it because like, early in the game, it was a little close. And then Michigan just started to pull away throughout the game. I was like, okay, cool. My, my Michigan bet's good. And then the Georgia-Florida game started. I didn't look at it. And then I checked my phone again. And I was like, holy shit, how did that happen? You know, <laughs> then watched the highlights and saw, you know, it was a nuts finish. You know, it's awesome. These games just always seem like they have a crazy finish. You know, yeah. every year it seems like it's always coming down to one of the last couple of plays. A fake pun, a fake field goal, you know, some kind of crazy shit to happen. And this one never disappoints. It was a damn good game. I was checking on my phone, obviously, because I was at the other game. And I was like, I, you know, I took Michigan. I felt good about it early on. I was like, holy shit, they're storming back. I will say this. I lost the game. That's fine. Whatever. Michigan lost. Refs blew a call early in that game. That's a touchdown for Michigan. Just telling y'all, and that should be a, it's a totally different ball game. That what, was a missed call. Michigan had like a pick play, too, at the end of the game that people were talking about could have been a P.I. on Michigan State as well. <clears throat> what do you guys think about this Kenneth Walker for Heisman right now? I mean, I think it's legitimate as it can be. I mean, well, if he had like 23 carries, barely missed 200 yards, I mean, that is some usage, man. And it's like that almost week in and week out for Michigan State. They keep, I mean, he is the workhorse. You credit him. If he's not with Michigan State, are they 8 0 right now? No, No. they're not. Yeah, because their quarterback sucks. Yeah, I mean, that, so obviously you're going to have to have him at least in the conversation. Is he the winner? Maybe. I mean, it's kind of hard to find. You know, off it's hard to find somebody else. Somebody more deserving. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, absolutely he should at least be in the conversation. I mean, he's at worst top three, in my opinion. At the absolute worst. So the odds go Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Matt Corral, Kenneth Walker, and Caleb Williams. And then Kenny Pickett's plus 3,000. How is um, Caleb Williams already up there? Well, I mean, the time that he's played now, that dude's played pretty damn good. I mean, he's had one iffy game. This season. Kansas. Yeah, that's right. But when he's played, 
he's almost thrown for like 350, 350 yards every game and rushed for God knows how much too. If he played a full season, I think at the rate that he's playing, he'd probably get it. Bryce Young, blah, C.J. Stroud, blah. I know he's played good. I'm with you guys. I, like to me, Kenneth Walker is the most important player to his team right now. I mean, you could argue Matt Corral will probably be neck and neck with him because Matt Corral is a leading rusher and passer for Ole Miss, and that's probably the best offense in the country. I do think Kenneth Walker. I think if he would have had 200 yards today, it would have been like or Saturday it would have been his third 200 yard game of the season. So that is wow. nice. That's impressive. Hey, does uh, anybody else have like two? Yeah, I don't know. Well, actually, the guy, a little trivia, there's one guy ahead of Michigan State's Kenneth Walker in rushing yards this season. Except you know his name, obviously. But what do you – I'll tell you what conference he plays for. He plays in the ACC. What school do you think he goes to? Wake Forest. Rushing yards. I definitely think he goes to Boston College. Syracuse. Syracuse running back. What? Forgot his name, but he's ahead. Wait, wait, wait. wait First of all, let's just cover this. Jordan Davis should still win the Heisman. Just saying. <laughs> Maybe uh, N'Kobe Dean or Nolan Smith after this past weekend. Uh, what yeah. a game. Nolan Smith looked awesome. Georgia, Florida. First things first. Like I, I'm not going to act hard about this because I was very, very skeptical, very nervous going into the game. I said that Florida. I thought Florida was going to score 20 points or more on us. I thought Dan Mullen would have a great game plan. Didn't go that way precisely, but that first half until two minutes were left. I mean, I was very nervous, like very on my toes. Like, okay, I don't like how we haven't scored yet. I don't like how we haven't had a big play. Stetson's kind of he had an interception in the first half or a turnover of some sort. And it was kind of just like, oh, my goodness, what are we doing? Um, and then all of a sudden, Nolan Smith, N'Kobe Dean, it's over like that. Twenty, It was 24 nothing by halftime, and the game was over at that point. The game was over once it was 10 nothing. Yeah, the game was it. over after the – yeah, yeah, honestly. And mm-hmm. also that interception that Stetson threw, Florida's DBs are idiots. Like, this is a common trend that Florida DBs are – he called it on the two-yard line, ran into the end zone, so it would have been yeah. a touchback. We caused run back out. That was like, really stupid. Both of those interceptions that Stetson threw were bad balls, man. Like they were underthrown, they were thrown inside. They're 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 passes you can get away with, you know, when you're playing, you know, some low tier opponents. I don't think Florida. I mean, Florida's four and four. I'm not going to try and give them too much credit. It's like the conversation we go back to almost every fucking week on this this podcast. We we are making those plays against Alabama. We get beat, and I'm tired of this experiment. I'm tired of the Stetson Bennett feel-good story. It's time to get JT back in there. That's what, So I want to talk about that when the game – that's what I'm saying. So in the first half, before those last two minutes, the whole time I'm sitting there thinking like, well, JT's got to come in this game at some point because if it's if we're going to halftime at 3 nothing, I mean, we've got a problem against yeah. this defense. I mean, because this is not what should be happening. Obviously, it's switched up. Look, I don't want to say Chris Cookman's a huge insider for Georgia football, but he does know some people. He's on a lot of message boards, pays some money to be on those message boards. He was telling me today that uh, JT Daniels apparently uh, in, still pretty injured, um, a little more serious than they're telling us. I will say the good news about that, which we don't know when we're going to get him back. Also, I do think Kirby's been saying he's healthy. Like Kirby said in his last press conference uh, after the game that he was healthy, but they wanted to run with Stetson because he had the offense going, blah, 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 blah. What I'm hearing from what other people are hearing is they still a little hurt. The good news is for Georgia is that we're not going to lose. You know, like we're not like the toughest game we have left is Tennessee uh, next weekend. And I don't see us, you know, struggling against Tennessee whether it's in Tennessee or not. Um, Be careful. <laughs> but the good news is he's still got a month. I'm with you, though. Like I, I like Stetson. I think Stetson brings a lot of good qualities uh, because, like, I mean, he made – I mean, the play where him and Zamir White had no clue where the play, the ball was supposed to go and Stetson made a little 12-yard run out of it, the play action where he was getting chased right out of it and made it like a 25-yard run. I mean, Stetson does good things for your offense. When you realistically look at the game, our offense scored 20 points. It's not championship football, and I, I mean, it, it probably could be this year with how good our defense is. I know that, blah blah blah. But I, I don't, I don't need our defense to almost beat our offense in points. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, I agree. But JT's got like a month left, and we're still gonna go 12 and 0 without him. But it's gonna get risky when you go 12 and 0 with a certain guy. Do you put the other guy back in? But I think the obvious answer is yes because the other guy is way more talented. But we gotta see what happens. Oh uh, yeah, do, do we want Stetson's first? I mean, not Stetson. Uh, JT's first live reps. 
to be against Alabama and say the I mean, okay, like I mean, think about this. If we go twelve and zero and we go to the SEC championship and we lose to Alabama, mm-hmm. we're still in the playoff. You know, there's no debate about that. We're gonna make the playoff if we, you know, are able to finish it off against Tennessee, Charleston Southern, and Georgia Tech. You know, which we are gonna do. We go twelve and zero. We can lose to Alabama. We're still gonna, you know, at least get to three of the four spot. But do we want his first live reps to be three months? Four months to be yeah. in the college football playoff semifinal. I would rather him answer. get some reps against Charleston Southern and Georgia Tech, or mm-hmm. get some reps in a big time atmosphere like, you know, like the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I feel like yeah. this was the perfect opportunity for him to slide back into the into the game plan a little bit. And you know, if you know the number one Georgia insider Chris Cookman is correct on reporting that he is a little bit hurt than I am. I can live with it a little bit, but it just seems a little weird. It seems a little backwards, to be honest. Yeah. If Kirby's reporting that, you know, he's healthy, he's healthy, he's healthy, and he's not. You know, a little smoke and mirrors, you know, see who, who do you prepare for. Yeah. But you prepare for you prepare <clears throat> for JT, you're prepared for Stetson. It's not like there's is like a comparison. That's that is true. That's Even Dan Mullen said, like, this past week, before the game, like when they asked him about, because, you know, before we had made the decision who we were going to play, he even said that. He's like, I don't think they're going to run something with Stetson that they wouldn't run with JT. Like, blah, 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 soon. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. But, I mean, Stetson has played at a really elite level this year. Let's be honest. Okay. Elite. And he's done what he needs to do for that offense. Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, he, play, he was elite. You're. You, I'll give Caleb some credit because the one game he saw in person of Stetson Bennett was UAB, and he did look elite that day. Mm-hmm. But UAB in Alabama is a big fucking difference. <laughs> it is a big difference. It is a big difference. Now, I don't think Florida is probably not the sec- the best secondary he's played this year either now. He's had one bad game. I mean, before this, this week, his fucking grade was a 94 this year. Now, he graded out pretty damn shitty this game. Like, it was like a 60. Maybe even not that. But I think that it's clear and evident that JT should be your guy, was your guy, will be your guy if he's healthy. And I'm with you guys. I think now is when he needs to start playing. JT can start playing. Maybe he should have played this past game. Maybe not. He definitely has to play this next these next few games, get ramped up for SEC Championship, playoff football. Yeah. He has to. Perfect, for, perfect <laughs> chance this week, 12 o'clock game against Missouri. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about some other things, though. Ohio State beat Penn State in a game that was, I mean, it was close. It was 17, 17 and a half. I just want to put it out there that I said it last week. That plus 18 and a half is a fuck was a fucking joke. A yeah, fucking it was. That was joke. A really dumb pick for me. A fucking joke. And God, leave me. And I give Penn State credit. People are so were so big on Ohio State. You know, they're Ohio State, and they had been stomping the you know their five FCS West opponents they had been playing in the past five weeks. Uh, God, just throw it in my face, Garrison. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just, I mean, overall, the whole time I was watching that game on the side of the Braves game, I was just like, God, dude, what what a joke, what a joke. But anyway. It was evenly fought game, honestly. I feel like Ohio State, you know, uh, their receivers, their running backs. I mean, Trayvon Henderson, Chris Olave, that whole squad out there. I mean, they're they're just gonna make better plays. There was a huge fumble recovery for Ohio State, stuff like that. But Ohio State got the win. I, I'm just glad that Penn State sh- got up. Penn State showed that Ohio State is not 21 points better than Penn State because it just didn't make sense, and it would have made me kind of feel a little bit nervous if Ohio State was beating teams like that. And they were wearing all red. Haven't seen that in a while. Look pretty good though. Yeah, I love I love those uniforms. I do love those uniforms. They're sexy. I was definitely wrong about the margin of victory, but you know, a lot of the a lot of the points that I made about Ohio State, I can, you know, sort of live with. You know, I kind of still sort of believe them. I think they're a good team in the Big Ten. I think, you know, we were talking about their possibility to beat uh, Michigan State. I still think they're better. You know, I think Michigan State could give them a game. I still think Ohio State's going to be able to do it. I still think they're going to be the, you know, they they mm-hmm. are who we thought they were. I mean, at the end of the game, at the end of the day, I don't think they're they're definitely not as good as I thought they were um, going into this week. I still think they are who they are. You know, they're a good they're a good Big Ten team. They're not, you know, the team they were a couple of years ago when they were able to you know run the table and win the national championship. They don't have a, you know, CJ Stroud's really good. You know, I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but he's not a college football playoff. Cardell Jones. I mean, I don't think we've even really seen that outside of like Joe Burrow, like his year, I and mean, he was ridiculous. And pair that with Ezekiel Elliott's coming out party and everything. But I don't, I don't really have a ton to take away from this game. But it's really that, and I still think Ohio State's 
the best team in the Big Ten. They'll be able to figure it out. You know, it was a good, well-fought game from Penn State. You know, you, you got to, you know, give them their flowers. You know, they played they they played hard, kept it close, and had a chance to win at the end, and it just kind of got away from them. I thought I was going to be able to get a backdoor cover in this game as well. I really was thinking. I mean, to me, the difference in this game is just turnovers. That's a ba- basically it. And Penn State could not run the ball to save their lives. They could not. That is, was. They only had their running back had like 20 yards. CJ <laughs> Stroud played pretty good in that game. Like I said, it's it comes down to turnover margin. I mean, they had two instances where they fumbled. You can't give Ohio State with such a good offense. That kind of thing. I mean, you're talking about they, Ohio State's got two at a monster in the backfield. Them two in the backfield alone are accounting for – 450, 500 yards a game for them alone this year. That's a problem. And Penn State, I mean, we saw this in the Iowa game. They are reliant on Sean Clifford playing well. Sean Clifford played all right, but he he cannot throw the ball 50 times a game, and you cannot expect to win. All we care about is the damn spread, okay? And Vegas screwed <laughs> this shit up bad. For some no. people. <laughs> one, I feel pretty That's good. Right. Uh, one last thing. Is James so James Penn State was five and another five and three three losses in a row, including that terrible loss to Illinois. Is the James Franklin to USC train heating up or slow or like cooling down? You think? Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess it might. I mean, if we're gonna judge, I guess it's slowing down. I never really saw that much of a possibility, in my opinion. Mm. I might be, you know, yeah, I could be wrong. I just I feel like. Like for USC, I just never, I don't really think they would go in the direction of James Franklin. I get, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. That that makes sense. Doesn't doesn't fit that Cali lifestyle probably. That bit Cali of a weird look. interview. Bit of a weird interview. Yeah, not many bald guys in Cali, I guess. But uh, <laughs> weird interview last week, right? He was like, didn't even know where they were playing, who they were playing, what they yeah. were doing. Yeah, he did have. Weird. He did say like, yeah, we're on to Illinois or whatever. Yeah. And after yeah. he had just played Illinois or something like Listen, that. Listen, man, I think they just got caught up in the good old shit sandwich here, but they completely ate it. Like, they lost to the good team, the bad team, and the good team, which, you know, um, run the ball. Run before the ball. we say that's that. A, that's, I, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's the main thing in the, all three games. They have not been able to run the ball. Before you say the good team, the bad team, and the good team, I mean, Iowa lost uh, 27-7 to Wisconsin. Blue. That was, that was weird. Vegas was trying to tell you guys something with that minus three and a half. <clears throat> they got freaking work. Yeah, Iowa didn't have doesn't have an offense, and Mich- and now Wisconsin is the favorite in that division. So my Iowa could win the Big Ten. Take is officially out. Iowa State also lost when everyone was hyping them up that they were about to be back, but they were going on a run and they lose. Glad to see it. They're at three losses. I had to bet that they would lose four. So just sad, sad day for the state of Iowa. Sorry, mm-hmm. Auburn beats Ole Miss. And now everybody's on this train, okay? And by the way, I'll own up my uh, take that Ole Miss obviously is not going 11-1. I mean, look, credit to you, though. I mean, that's like, I mean, still, I mean, what are they, like 7-2? I mean, 8-6-2? I mean, yeah, come on. I'm, I'm, you know, know, give you your credit. I mean, you were pretty right on it, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just another game where unnecessary roughness did the college football one. And they said that Lane Kiffin plays like a 9-year-old kid or coaches like a nine-year-old kid with ADHD playing NCAA football, like goes for it every single time, like just leaves way too many points out on the field. He's always just, been like that. It, it, yeah, but man, dude, I'm just not a fan of like how much he he will go for it inside the red zone instead of just taking points. Like it's his kicker that bad. I need to look up his kicker stats. I just feel like he like he gives the, the other team way too much momentum and energy sometimes when he does stuff like that. Matt Corral went down for a little bit, came back in. But now everyone's saying that Auburn's like really good. There are two losses are to Penn State and Georgia. So that does hold a little bit of value. They also do control I mean they they got a big game against A and M this week, but Auburn does control their own mm-hmm. destiny and could get back to Atlanta. They That's could something. Bo Nick's game right here, man. And let's talk about Bo Nix is good right now. He's we playing good. Last week. He's got a high hand right now, and they ran the motherfucking rock on Ole Miss. That's the big thing. Like Tank Bigsby looked like Tank Bigsby usually does. You have Bo Nix being efficient, not turning the ball over, and doing his job. Auburn looks really good. I don't know what to say about Ole Miss. It still seems like a game that Ole Miss has got to win. You feel like they're the better team. But we probably also think that because of all the razzle-dazzle they do on offense and Lane Kiffin and this and that. Which he's clearly proven to us he can lose games. It ain't hard. It's not hard at all for him to lose a game. I mean, yeah, and it's getting back to what Garrison was saying. They lost this game by 11. You know, I mean, that is two scores. 
But, you know, when you're leaving all those points out there, you know, it is definitely something that you're going to look back on. And the Hawks cover, I'm 2-0 and on the on the uh, Hard Rock <laughs> Sportsbook. Let's go. I can't lose when it's legal. <laughs> but, yeah, um, but yeah you know, there's definitely some criticism that Lane Kiffin has to, you know, lead up to. This isn't, you know, this is the big leagues. You know, this is the SEC. This is the SEC West. You can't be coaching like that. You know, there's there are risks you can take, and then there's calculated risk. You know, and when you're going forward every single time, he's like that coach at Presbyterian, you know, who doesn't punt, always goes for two, you know, stuff like that. He, he, you just can't get away with it. Upset. I mean, it was it was a night game in Auburn, and I told y'all Jordan Hare is a is a beast of a place to play in now. Yeah, like you did say that. It's a beast it of a place of a to play surprise. in. It was we knew. It is a night game sold out. They don't get many chances like that. I mean, I don't know where the Iron Bowl is this year, but it's in here. It's which is why I'd say that they're they that game. Can run the table. They play A and M this week. That's a big game too. Winner of that's really like Alabama still would have to lose for A and M to get in. But I mean, it's there. Move on real quick. Texas. Just wanted to point out that Texas is like four and four. And I remember like three weeks ago when they were beating Oklahoma by thirty, and everyone thought they were you know back. I just want to say they've lost like four. They're like four and four now, and they blew another lead. So way to way to help off the Texas train. It's right in time, Jake. Yep. And then you're damn right. <laughs> Gary Patterson and TCU are parting ways dude 181 and 79 record at tcu legend legend wow. 2010 won the rose bowl remember that when tcu mm-hmm. was in the rose bowl with andy dalton as like a mountain west team uh, joined the big 12 and never really did nothing but a legend of the game 181 79 beast gary patterson that's really good. You'll take that. It's you know that's something that I, I mean. I wonder if twenty one seasons. Let's discuss this a little bit. What do you think his plans are? Do you think he potentially might have his eyes on the USC job? No chance. Mm, I know he has a resume so, before. Yeah. I mean, that's he really does good. Have a resume. What, what, what was TCE before him? I don't know. I haven't even I haven't even thought about that. He's a, he's the second longest tenured FBS head coach. That's wild. Second longest. Who's hmm. the first? Maybe. We're talking twenty something years here. Big Who's 10. been around a while? Big Ten. Big Ten. Oh, it's uh, Kirk France. Yeah, nice. Way uh, to go, Caleb. Way to go. All right, coaches. Yep, coach talk. Before we move on to NFL, uh, playoff rankings, they come out Tuesday night, first ones of the year. I'm super, super, super excited. It comes on, like, exact same time the uh, Braves game will be on, so I'm going to have to, you know, yeah, look we'll, at we'll see look that. at both. I mean, I know who, we all know who number one's going to be. What do y'all's uh, two, three, four, five, six? I think since he's got to be in there, um, you know, give him their credit. You know, they're taking care of business. I know at they two? have a close game. Uh, maybe not at two. Give him four, three. Give me Ohio State at three, and then at two, at two, give me uh, the Bama. Yeah, I'll take that. Wow. I just don't. I just don't want to see Oklahoma in there, man. I, I don't. And that would probably be. I mean, who else would be in there above Ohio State and Oklahoma? I mean, yep. Michigan State. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that that'll just be a placeholder, I guess. Whoever wins the Big Ten can get that spot. Well, I mean, so, that, I'm just I'm asking your prediction for what much. what it'll look like tomorrow. Tomorrow, that's my prediction. That's what I think it'll look like. All right, but okay, I think well, I really wouldn't be surprised if the playoffs screws Cincy over and kicks them out. Kicks them all the way out though. Out of the top four, yeah. To me, uh, so we know Georgia's one. I think Cincy will still stay two. Shockingly mm. enough. I think Oklahoma will be your three seed. Four seed is a bit of a bit of a tricky one. I mean, do you put one loss Alabama or undefeated Michigan State in? It's between yeah. those two. So that's what I think too, but that's an undefeated team. Like you're telling Alabama if you went out and then Michigan State wins exactly. out. Exactly. You're setting a press. That's so that's, that's the that's the thing about Cincinnati. So from this is the thing about my prediction. So obviously Georgia's gonna be number one, right? I think number two Realistically, you're going to see it either be Oklahoma or Michigan State. I think that's I think that's what's going to happen. Either Oklahoma or Michigan State, vice versa. One of those is two, three, right? Number four is where we're going to get tricky. Because if you tell Cincinnati right now, with I mean, okay, resonates not that bad either. You know, they've won every single game they've played. Oklahoma hasn't looked good. Cincinnati has a big win against Notre Dame. Um, I think it's more impressive than any win Oklahoma has. More impressive than any win Ohio State has. More impressive than, I mean, other than Michigan State's win over Michigan any, and when they have, right? I think it's going to be I, – I think they're going to tough them out. I don't think they're going to put Cincinnati in at four because then you're mm-hmm. telling them, okay, you're in if you win out. You're right. And I just don't think they're willing to do that yet. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say they're going to put 
Alabama at four, Ohio State five, Oregon six. Or not. No, I think, sorry. Uh, uh, Cincinnati will be probably six. Cincinnati will be probably six. I don't. I just That's don't think brutal. they're going to do it. I just don't see it happening. Don't. Yeah, y'all are. Yeah. I, because I I, they, if they tell Cincinnati right now they're in the top four, they can't backtrack if Cincinnati goes and wins out. You know what I mean? I think what they, they want to do is play it safe and say, we'll start Cincinnati in the back and let them work their way up. And because everything else is going to, you know, fall as it will. Georgia and Alabama are going to play. Ohio State and Michigan State are going to play. I mean, those things are going to fall out, you know, and you're going to figure some things out since Cincinnati has room to work. I just don't know if they'll look at since. I mean, they never have. They never have. I don't know if they will. It's going to be interesting. You're talking about about their strength to schedule. Like, if you want to go pure strength to schedule, these teams that are playing this year, um, I think the ranking should probably be Georgia, Oklahoma, Michigan State, Bama, and then Cincy. Straight schedule. I mean, since he's got a win against Notre Dame, right? Who else would they beat? Akron? Like, <laughs> play nobody. They beat yeah, well, UCF, okay. They beat Tulane by more than uh, Lane, Indiana. All right, uh, I want to do a new was... ranking. My ranking's really stupid now that I really think about it. That's retarded. <laughs> like some of my rankings I got. So I'm going to go Georgia, and I'm going to go Oklahoma, and then I'm going to go Cincy, then I'm going to go Bama. That's going to be my top four. That's going to be my top four. Get the undefeated team, stop three. This it's the only thing, only problem I have with all that though is like you tell all five of those teams, and this could happen. You went out is where you say. Period. Who who's gonna move? You talking about who's your five? Who's who's the fifth one right there? Well, I didn't say your five, so I'd probably you said say Georgia, five. Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Alabama. Yeah, and then the yeah, two Oklahoma, Big Ten teams would probably be Alabama. Five and six. So you're telling Michigan State if the rest of those teams went out. Not necessarily. See, here's my thing. The college football playoff committee has done it before. I, who who was it a couple – there was a couple TCU. years ago. There was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was TCU a situation like this, and they kicked him out. I mean, they took mm-hmm. care of business. They had him in there and then took care of business, and then they kicked him out. They've done it before. What's to say they won't do it again? I did. I did. Man, listen, if, they, if this situation happens like that and these teams went out now, I, 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 I hate to say this. If you got – Georgia playing Bama in the SEC championship. Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Michigan State all win. The loser of that game is probably out of the playoff. No if shot. If it's Georgia, no if shot. it's Georgia, there's no shot that they don't make it. There's no, no way. Georgia cannot lose in the it. SEC championship. No, there's no. Then way there's a huge it. debate. I could get, get on board throw. if Bama loses. You would throw Cincinnati out. You would, you would take Cincinnati out of the playoff right then and there if Alabama beat Georgia, Oklahoma was undefeated, and Michigan State was undefeated, and you would throw Cincinnati out. Yeah, you can you almost throw Cincinnati. make it You'd be like, sorry, Cincy, too- sorry. I mean, yeah. Georgia Georgia would have way too many quality wins at 12-1 and one to not be in it and to have been the top Absolutely. team all year. I mean, basically, wire to wire, I mean – Number one in the country. So, I mean, it was uh, their only ranked win right now is Kentucky, though, right? But they're it's, playing well, in the I mean, at the time. But they're I mean, undefeated. Playing, you know, I mean, when we beat Arkansas, Arkansas was the eighth best team in the country. We, we beat Auburn. Kentucky, Auburn was like the twelfth best team in the country. Kentucky was like the eleventh best team in the country. I mean, we're beating. Mm-hmm. We, what you put in front of us, and nobody gets close. It's not like anybody gets close. That's all I'm saying. What scenario though? What if Auburn made it? What if Auburn won out and beat Georgia? Is Auburn in? Man, if they went out and beat Georgia in the SEC championship. Two loss Auburn. Two loss Auburn. Listen, a lot of things got to shake. With a redemption win over one of their losses. I don't know. I don't know. They got to make that thing shake. It's going to be chaos. It's going to be chaos. That would be chaos. We need that 18 playoff now. Yeah, 12. Yeah, Yeah, 12. You're right. All right, let's get to let's jump into the NFL and then wrap up the show. So going back all the way to Thursday, the Cardinals are no longer undefeated. Oof. Nice way to go, Aaron Rodgers did it without Devonte Adams. Which, by the way, I'd seen a stat like right before the game that Devonte Adams or Aaron Rodgers without Devonte Adams was six and zero, five and one against the spread. Dear God, so good what for him. Hell? I'm just glad there's no undefeated teams left. I didn't. Yeah, I, was, I couldn't yeah, watch much of the game. I was at work. But I'm just glad there's not a few teams left. They were popping the champagne down in South Beach. The 19 was it 1970 uh, Miami Dolphins. They're popping mm-hmm. champagne again. Yeah, celebrating. Yeah, I mean it was you know it was a good game. You know it was you know I, I enjoyed it. It was five back, days ago at this point. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's, it's I'm having trouble remembering it. <laughs> um, you know, uh, it sucked that DeAndre Hopkins. You know, he had that awesome play to start the game, and then was you know 
on and off the field the remainder of the game. And actually, there was a report that came out that the coaching staff was telling him not to get back in the game, and he would just randomly run out there. And then they were looking around, I was like, "Why is he in the game?" Which is cool, cool for me because I really needed him in fantasy this week, and I'm I'm gonna lose because Dalvin sold. But you know, that's beside the point. We're not gonna talk fantasy. Uh, you know, it was back and forth all game. You know, Green Bay kind of controlled it the majority of the time, but it stayed close. And then you go to the last play, man. AJ Green doesn't mm-hmm. even turn around. He just runs up. He's pass blocking on a on a back on a backside fade. He's fast blocking. The ball was perfect. The throw was, was absolutely perfect. Too. AJ mm-hmm. Green, How about that. But now things just strange a lot for the Cardinals. Like Kyler Murray's probably not going to play next week. He sprained his ankle. It's mm-hmm. they're they're going to run into a bit of a rough. Who's their backup? Right Who is their backup? Brett Hundley? I don't know. Ooh. Who is the backup for the Cardinals? While you look that up, I'm just going to add this in there, and then you add on top of that, um, the Rams just got Von Cole Miller. McCoy. Oh, oh Cole, yeah, Oh, Oh, that's not actually that bad. I feel good about that. Cardinals, Cardinals, fifteen and one. Lock it in. <laughs> Sixteen, and one. Sixteen, sixteen and one. Actually, biggest season ever. But I'm just saying, like you uh, add, yeah, like I, the Rams, the Rams are going all in, and then the you get that you're yeah. you, you're you might go from being seven and zero to you know consensus number one team in the NFL in power, and then you might be a wild card team, and that's you know that's part of it. Playing that's, arguably I the think toughest. That's part of it. Yeah. They're they're not the best team in the NFC West. We, we undefeated or not, I think we can all agree on that. The Rams, we can probably agree on this shit now. I think the Rams are best team in football this year. I, I completely yeah. think I they the are the Rams best team in football. I think they're best team we've seen in a very long time. I think they're the best team we've seen in probably the last ten years. And it's just because they made a damn deal for the quarterback, and then they just got Von Miller. They got Von Miller today, and he's actually healthy. And I saw a tweet from uh, the Falcoholic uh, Falcons Twitter account. They tweeted. Uh, remember when Dante Fowler had 11 sacks playing alongside Aaron Donald. And now you sub Dante Fowler for Von Miller. Von mm. Miller is about to eat, man. Yeah. He is about to go off. I had that written down. Von Miller to the Rams. What what a team of names, you know, like Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Sean McVay. It's Hollywood, you know? It's LA. Insane. What a move today. Did you guys see the, the Field Yates tweet about draft picks and the Rams draft well, picks? They only have three. They only got three. Right. No, their first, their 2022 draft picks for the Rams. Round one traded to the Lions. Round two traded to the Broncos. Round three traded to the Broncos. Round four traded to the Texans. Round five is their own. Tra- round six traded to the Patriots. Round seven. Uh, they have their own and the Dolphins pick. Oh my God! So like three, three draft picks so far. They better win a Dadgum Super Bowl. Exactly. That's exactly win. What I tweeted today. Exactly what I tweeted today. Falcons lost to the. We all three got that one wrong on the picks. And just well, right before the game, Calvin Ridley decided that you know he's got to fix some mental stuff. Which you know that's whatever. Everybody's got mental stuff. I'm just gonna go ahead and say that I think the reason he's got some mental problems is uh, he's been listening to this podcast and we've been degrading him about how he keeps dropping catches. Yeah, that's on us. Sorry, Cal. Sorry, guys. Gonna do better. Terrible loss though. Could look incompetent on offense. It was a bad loss, man. It was like that was a game that we had seven. Like the Panthers aren't. And I think this was a little bit of a, you know, come back to earth moment for us Falcons fans because, you know, we beat uh, both New York teams and Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. Dolphins, yeah. So, I mean, we beat three of the worst teams in football. And then, every, you know, I was fired. I was actually really excited for that game on Sunday. I was like, we're about to get over 500. It'd be the first time since 2017 that we've been over 500. So, I think this was a little bit of a reality check for us, you know, just – Remind us we aren't great, um, but you know what? Like it was a three-point game, a two or three-point game when Sam Darnold gets knocked down, and then PJ Walker checks in. And I was like, okay, let's finish it. They and didn't have a touchdown that, until PJ. Yeah, until, until late in the fourth quarter. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, we were able to uh, stop them, and that's see, that's the frustrating part, Garrison. On paper, we look at this Falcons team, and we have a loaded offense and a bad defense. And then you have games like this. The majority of the season, it's we score points, but we give up points. And then you have a game like this where our defense actually shows up, you know, and we can't back them up with points on offense. You know, obviously, Matty Ice gets his hand stepped on. He's literally pouring blood out there, and then he throws a pick. I think that has to have had something to do with it. Uh, Kyle Pitts had that drop on the sideline. That was really the third down. would have put us inside the fifteen. That was a that was a really tough break. 
Yeah, but all in all, just a really bad loss. It's it's, it's going to be tough to come back from that one. You know, that's another game that we could have won. Add that to the list. You know, we could have we could have beat the we could have beaten you know the the team formerly known as the Washington Redskins, and you know we could be looking. We're three and four now. We Michelle, we could be five and two, but we're not. Yeah, just not a good game offensively. I mean, two hundred thirteen total yards. I mean, that's not it's not going to win you football games anyway. Bright spot only had three penalties in that game for fifteen yards. So good to see we're a little disciplined. Just wanted to put a bright spot on it. Titans and the Colts. This one hurts, guys. This one hurts. Um, not only did I get it wrong in the picks, but you know, no one cares about my fantasy team. But I care. I care because the I guy was that has that carried me before. down, the guy that has done me so good, goes down. Derrick Henry. Uh, the the Titans win, but they they really the Titans may have actually lost with the injury to Derrick Henry. Brutal. I don't. I'm I'm, I'm actually very, very sad. brutal. Actually very sad. Brutal. You're talking about probably the like the most important player to a team in football. Like the they don't go without him. Yeah, the and MVP. we were talking about it last week. He makes them so much better. You're just one play away with him being a running back, and he's got to get hurt at some point. Here we are. Now the question: They did sign Adrian Peterson. Okay, so you feel good about that? Ryan Tannehill's got to step up. AJ Brown's got to step up. Julio Jones got to step up. A.J. Brown has done a little bit better these last couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah, Julio yeah, ain't done jack. Nothing. He ain't done shit. Yeah. He ain't done shit. Washed. Completely. He washed. What it here's, my, like. <laughs> here's my and thing. We were talking about that AJ. being like the best team, best team in football, too. Like, we were they, we were on that cusp of saying that. Yeah. But they probably had the best, best wins in football, but they just lost their best player, so. No, they definitely, hurts. yeah, they definitely did have a good squad put together, and it was looking like they were going to be able to make a run, and that does hurt. Um, I saw a funny tweet today. I think it was, it was from one of the NFL like Twitter accounts. He said, "For all the people who's saying that Adrian Peterson still can't get uh good yards, this is from just over three years ago, and it was a video of him breaking off a run for the Lions." And I was just thinking, three years ago, Jared Goff was leading a team into the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah, and that they're trying to pull a video from three years ago, like hyping up Adrian Peterson. But that's, I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I guess he could maybe get it done. I don't know. It's it's gonna be really tough to replace a guy like Derrick Henry. It's that's it's all it's gonna be impossible to do. To be honest, it's gonna be impossible to do. There's no way to do that. Gurley was a Pro Bowler three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gurley was the offensive player of the year. I love Steelers over the Browns. I don't know how many times we have to say it. The Browns just don't score touchdowns. They just don't. They just don't score touchdowns, and they refuse to. And the Steelers, the Steelers scored in this game, and it was a fourth and goal uh, in the fourth quarter. Pass to our tight end uh, on a little, I mean, crazy touchdown. And the Steelers come away with a grit and grind defense wins the game for the Steelers, and the Steelers are four and three in a division that's kind of opening up a little bit. Um, the Browns are like in last place in that division, in a division that, I mean, a lot of people predicted they were going to run away with. Baker Mayfield, 20 for 31, 225 yards, nothing, no touchdowns, nothing to it. Nick Chubb, only 61 yards. I mean, just offense doesn't move in Cleveland. Does not move in Cleveland at all. It is bad. It looks bad. I, th- I think it's definitely time for the Browns to look in the mirror, not looking like it's going to be working out. It's you know, tough for the you know city of Cleveland. You know, I thought this was going to be your team. Apparently, it's not. And another you know no show for uh, OB, OBJ. You know, and I, I've talked about that a couple of days. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, it's just you know obviously not working. So I called it. You know, I was on I was on Steelers, and this was a uh, this was a go. nice pick for me. I, I was felt too. good about that one. You were all uh, on that over though. I was on the see that dude. That was what's so frustrating. I was looking at my picks, and I went under 500 this week. I think I was either three and two or four and one on my game picks, and then I missed every single one of the over unders. I'm like, damn it! I just completely screwed myself out of a good week. But yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to add out of this one that you haven't already. You know, Nick Chubb's not 100. percent That definitely hurts um, if you're you're not able to go to him as much as you would like. You know, because Outside of Derrick Henry and maybe Kamara, D- Dalvin Cook, and he's up there with being one of the best backs in the league. And if you're, you know, down bad, it's definitely going to be hit on that offense. But you know, even when they had him earlier in this, earlier in the season, it's just been a issue all season. You know, them getting the ball into the end zone. Yeah, just want to say Najee Harris is a beast. He is mm-hmm. a great pick for. Steelers. Pretty good. He's pretty good. Um, Cleveland's got to figure it out, man. They, they, they got to figure it out. Baker Mayfield's playing hurt. Still plays like crap. He has not played that great this year. And Ben Roethlisberger didn't play great either. But they, you know, they just yeah. But you're they, not you're not ready. You're not expecting that. No. Jets beat the Bengals any given Sunday, weird. right? Week yeah. to weekly. Weird. 
week to week league Jets with a backup quarterback. It's it's crazy to think that if Zach Wilson would have played this game, they probably would have got smoked. Yeah. Mike um, White looked awesome. He looked Mike awesome. White, 37 for 45, 405 yards, three tutties, just airing it out. Jeez, what a game. The Bengals, who last week were the top team in the AFC, um, coming off a huge win against division rival, and then they just fall flat on their face in a game where they won the turnover margin but were outgained by almost 200 yards. The Jets had 32 first downs compared to Cincinnati's 18. Insane. The Bengals only lost the game by three points with all those numbers I just said. But still, got to win these games if you're going to be an elite team. But congrats to the Jets. Congrats. Big win. Mm-hmm. And the, sh- the, sh- the shitty teams always find a way to beat the good ones, right? It just happens. It just somehow happens. Remember when the Falcons beat the 49ers like two years ago when the 49ers went to the Super Bowl? Like in week 15? This is this awesome, actually, man. That was an awesome win. That was one of like the best moments of being a Falcons fan. <laughs> yeah, as we were still like reeling, like it had been not too far off of the twenty-eight to three debacle, and then that one, that one felt good. That was a nice day. But yeah, I mean that you know this is a this is definitely you know another look yourself in the mirror moment for the Bengals. This is the game you're supposed to win a hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah, it's definitely a tough look. You know, there. I know Jamar Chase had a touchdown in this one again, but. They he didn't have you know the stats that he's been putting up the last couple of games so you know maybe maybe that's the formula to beat the Bengals you know you, you take away Jamar Chase relative you know to what you can you know you limit what he can do to you force them you know to throw to their other playmakers maybe that's how you do it. Bit weird how New, like New York even pulled this game off and since he didn't run the ball that well however New York still turned the ball over a couple of times yeah didn't three matter. times. Yeah, and this we can't talk about this game without talking about um, the penalty at the end of the game. Defense, uh, it was Michael Carter had was running, had caught a ball out, out on the flat, was going for, it, was about to get stopped. They were about to have to punt the ball away. He goes low. The corner has mm-hmm. a you know textbook tackle in his helmet to helmet. They call it. Uh, the Jets get a first down. They're able to kill the clock. The Bengals should have had an opportunity with timeouts to at least go down and tie the game up. So really a bogus call. Like in any way you can look at it, it was a really bad call. It is the the pussification of the NFL is what I like to call it. And it was on prime time. Well, not actually prime time, but just on prime effect. You know, for the country to see. I was watching it on. I mean, I was pulling for the Jets. You know, personally, you know, I have nothing against the Bengals, but I would. I kind of was rooting for Mike White. I wanted to see him pull it off. You know, but yeah, it's a terrible call. I mean, it, Jets took care of business and did it. But here's my thing: they don't get the ball back. It's a tough break. But if you're the Bengals and you're a team who wants to compete for the playoffs this year, be a Super Bowl contender in the, in the years to follow, you got to win games like this. They had opportunities throughout the game to pull away, to you know separate themselves a little bit. When you are close, when you're in a close game with bad teams, things like this tend to happen. You, yeah. know, you tend to you know, tend to get screwed on you know on a call here and there. Uh, but you know that at the end of the day, that's a game of football. You know, you, 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 no game is going to get tall, called 100% correct every single time, playing uh, every single snap. So when you have opportunities to put a, put a, a bad team away, you got to do it. Pats at Chargers. This is another one. Both of you went the other way. Nine yep. one. Glad to see Pats big win. Pats are three and zero on the road this year. Road dogs just getting it done. Uh, I think the difference in this game. Two, the two interceptions by Justin Herbert, one at the end of the first half, resulted in uh, a good three, like a crucial three points there that won New England the game. Obviously, they won by three points, and then a pick six. Um, in the fourth, screwed over the Chargers, gave the Patriots a big uh, a seven point lead, in which they capitalized a ten and finished the game off. And the Pats, four and four, Chargers four and three, with that embarrassing loss two weeks ago, had the bye, came out and made some pretty crucial mistakes, and it cost them. Yeah, I mean, dude, it might be time to, you know, start start uh, putting, you know, calling the Chargers the F word, man. If they're starting to look like it, starting to look like some frauds. Oh, and especially, well, dude, I mean, honestly, look at it. I mean, you're coming off a of bye, playing a team that you should. Look, if the Chargers are who everyone was saying they were, this is the game that they're supposed to win against a rookie quarterback. Um, yeah, they were on the road, but, you know. I don't care. I don't care about all that in the NFL. You're on the road. Yeah, you should be able to take care of business. You know, you're a professional. I just, you know, you know, if y'all remember, you go back, I, I I, almost took the Patriots. I was like, yeah, I think the Patriots win. Then I was like, mm, Chargers coming off a bye. I kind of, you know, 
drank some of the Kool-Aid. I was like, you know, Justin Herbert's going to come back mm-hmm. and do this. I still think they're a year or two off. I think people were just a little too, you know, a little too excited to hop on. Like, this is now. Like, now they're going to do it. I, I definitely think they, they need a little bit something probably on their defense because they ha- they do have some weapons. And I know they have some good pieces on their defense. But, you know, in their, they could definitely use some help in their secondary, their linebackers, maybe beef up that line a little bit. Um, but, you know, if you look at the offense, I mean, you got – and you got good receivers. You got a damn good, good running back. You got a very promising, already good quarterback. They're just a couple pieces away. Caleb, I know you're big on Brandon Staley. How do you feel about him? Because I, I don't know. I don't know. He just doesn't look the part to me. And I, that's always been my issue with him. I feel like he, you know, it's weird to say who looks part who doesn't. Because, like, to me, Bill Belichick doesn't look the part of a head coach, right? Like, if you think about what a head coach would look like. However, he's still a good one. Ernest Daly is still building this thing. You're still dealing with a young young quarterback. Now, I thought the Chargers were going to be good enough scheme-wise defensively with him to be able to hang with teams and then blow people out on offense. Maybe Belichick's got Herbert's numbers. Like Herbert's two worst games of his career have been played against New England now. I think Brandon Staley will be fine. Let's not forget the Chargers were like not a good team last year. Maybe it was Anthony Lynn. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it's the roster. I find it funny, though, that in this game – Mac Jones and Justin Herbert had the exact same completions for attempts. Both went 18 for 35, only five yards difference in the yardages, but Justin Herbert threw pick six. That's your game. It is. It literally is. So two interceptions. Two interceptions cost them. Bucks, Saints, our boy Jameis, uh, towards ACL in this one. That's tough to see. Um, he was going mm-hmm. off, too. Um, early in the game, he was running everywhere. One of the most—he's definitely just the funniest dude to watch play football. Um, just says how he's getting up every play, going crazy. Um, but the Saints are now three and one against Brady since he's came to Tampa Bay. Obviously, the one loss was the one that mattered the most. This game, another um, big interception at the end of the game. Very unlike Tom Brady. I think you could tell in his motion, like right when he threw the ball, he knew he fucked up. Because he didn't even move. Like it's not like maybe he doesn't do that anyway. Maybe he doesn't run after to try to get a tackle. But like as soon as he threw it, you could just see like in his motion that he was like, damn, I, that's an interception. I mean, the safety was standing there waiting on him. I mean, it that's very un Tom Brady esque. The Saints pull out a big win. They do lose uh James Winston and wildly enough, Taysom Hill is not the guy they went with. Trevor Simeon, the guy from I think he was on the Broncos, maybe on the Jets for a while. He comes in, gets to win. And the Saints are five and two, three turnovers, two, sorry. Yeah, and he's kind of funny. I saw a funny tweet. I don't know if y'all watch Squid Game or not. I think I might be a little late to the party on a Squid Game reference. But it was like for the next challenge for Tom Brady, you have to beat the Saints in the regular season. And that cried me up because he's now lost three straight times to him in the regular season. But, you know, if you remember, they crushed him in the divisional. Well, didn't crush him, but beat him in the divisional last year. You know, so I'm not going to take too much away from this. It was close. It does suck that Jameis is going to be out, you know. As a Falcons fan and a known Saints hater, it does take a little bit of pleasure and them taking a step back because I don't think they're going to be as good with Trevor Simeon as Jameis. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's a crazy take to make. You know, Jameis has you know some things that Trevor's just not going to be able to bring to the table. Yeah, you know, so they take a step back. Obviously, the, it does. In, even in a loss, it opens up a little bit more for the Bucks to take control. Uh, did y'all see that video of Jameis dancing in the locker room? Yes, so that funny. is the best thing I've ever seen. He's he is awesome, and he, but just a couple plays before he tears his ACL, he's eight yards downfield and he does the like a fake like uh, shovel pass yeah. like, to, to a non-existent player. There wasn't even anybody in front of him. He hits him with a little like a baby pitch. It cracked me up. I just love how he plays, and it, it sucks he's out. Some stats in this game are a while though. One, like no only seventy-one yards rushing for the Bucks. Giovanni Bernard was the leading rusher with two carries for thirty yards. Leonard Fournette, wow. who's been having a pretty good past few weeks, he wasn't really involved. That probably had a lot to do with um Tampa Bay and how they weren't doing anything. And then the receiving for the Saints, two hundred and fifteen yards passing or two hundred and fifteen yards receiving on the day for the Saints. Leading receiver was Kevin White. One catch, 38 yards. He's Everyone back. else, 35 yards, 33 yards, 30 yards, 30 yards, 25 yards, uh, 15 yards. But y'all remember who Kevin White is? Hell yeah, I remember who Kevin White is. Uh, yeah, West Virginia, right? He was a first, it was like a top 10 pick. A yeah, seventh overall pick for the Bears once. What a bad pick. Oh, I don't know. Now it's turning out great. <laughs> yeah, he's back. 
He's back. Uh, the, um, the thing, the defining thing to this game is, and I think this is why New Orleans might be all right. They have a really good run defense. Like you can't run against these dudes this year. That, that's this has been consistent throughout the entire year. And actually, this Saints were able to run on Tampa a little bit. Now that was quarterback runs early on, and we're talking about the little pitch flip or whatever that contributed to that too. But New Orleans has got a really good defense this year. Now Brady carved him up a little bit, and he just had one costly play at the end and didn't. You know, you can't turn the ball over. Tampa, I still feel good about Tampa. New Orleans is five and two. I mean, they're I guess a half a game back in the division at this point. Yeah. But no Jameis. Yeah, that hurts. Jameis has <laughs> actually been playing pretty daggum good for him this year. Last game, Cowboys beat the Vikings without Dak Prescott, which I remember we talked about how he's, you know, strained cap, but I had no clue he wasn't going to play until yeah, same. right before the game, or actually during the game. Cowboys pulled it off late, through 6-1. and one. Cooper rushed 325 yards, two tutties. Um, Amari Cooper, we said, I think last week or two, he hasn't been doing nothing. He had a big game. Um, Kirk Cousins moves to 8-17 and 17 all time in primetime, just like Jake said uh, last week. And then I looked up for, like, comparison. I just wanted to know, like, what Matt Ryan's was. Couldn't find his Sunday night record, but his Monday night record was 6-7. And, and I think his Thursday night record was, like, 7-6. and six. So he's at least 13-13 and 13 all time, mm-hmm. just for, like, comparison. Yeah, Cowboys pulled it off. Cowboys are just good. The Cowboys are really, 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 really good. Um, and I'm sure they were pretty prepared. I'm sure they probably knew all week Dak wasn't going to go. Yeah, no, this is a really big win for the Cowboys, you know, even for their confidence, just to go out there and beat, you know, a good team, you know, without mm, a good team, um, mm. without their go-to quarterback, you know. yeah, People still are sleeping on Dak. People still like to talk shit on Dak. I don't get it. I think he's top five and no less. So, you know, you're able to go out there with a guy like Cooper Rush and win a game like this. That's pretty damn big. You know, he was able to, you know, drive the field um, at the end of the game and and put that game away. You know, he he you know, he was able to, you know, put the put the game on his back, and that's a really big that's a really big confidence boost for him. Uh, if you got a guy like that can do it. And you know, just looking at the bigger picture, when you look at the NFC versus the AFC, I mean, there's like five really solid teams in the NFC, including the Cowboys, that can actually put together a run and get to the you know get to the Super Bowl. Um, so you know it's a very crowd. It's very crowded uh, to say the least. So you know they're they're going to need Dak to come back. Um, but I think you know I think there's a little bit more confidence in Cooper Rush right now, where the NFC East is theirs to win. I mean there's 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 no competition for the NFC East this year um, outside of the Cowboys. They got this one locked up. Get, give give Dak some time. Yeah, I, I think they're in a good situation where they're able to do that. You're able to you know, make sure he's at 100% for come playoff time, and they'll be able to you know, potentially get that by. I don't know. Like I said, it's very it's very uh, competitive in the NFC this year. Uh, you know, there's a lot of really good teams. So I don't know, maybe, but they'll at least be able to get a home game. Yeah, I, I think this is like Dallas is damn good. That's correct. Like they're missing their good guy, right? But they still got so many weapons on offense. They still have Kellen Moore. He is still helping this team out tremendously, taking play calling out of Mike McCarthy's hands, who was notoriously not a great play caller in Green Bay. And Dan Quinn has his defense dialed in. It is unbelievable. Micah Parsons, rookie, had four tackles for loss in that game yesterday. That's not heard of often in the NFL. Now, Trayvon Diggs actually went a game without picking somebody off, shockingly enough. Mm, sucks. But, yeah, pretty pretty bad there. But listen, you're talking about the NFC, Jake. I think the NFC probably has like the five best teams in football. Like, Yeah, Stephen A. Smith had his power rankings like last week, and the five teams, yeah, they were all in the NFC. It was like the Cardinals, the Packers, the Rams, the Bucks, and the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I would think the Bills would be better than one of those teams. The Bills got a shitty-ass loss to the Steelers, and they got beaten by the Titans. Mm-hmm. Now, the Titans game, if you watched it, you know, they kind of went for the dub right there at the end. They could have took it over time in multiple instances, but they didn't. Um, but to me, I mean, that's that power ranking is just about right to me. You're talking about the Rams. You're talking about Green Bay. You're talking about Dallas. You're talking about Tampa. I think the Arizona's about to start Bills. going on a little skid. The trouble mm-hmm. is Arizona. 
And if, I mean, if, your if, best... if, if Kyle Murray's hurt, JJ Watts out for the year. DeAndre yeah, Hopkins is hurt. Try start sliding. Yeah, I'm feeling a skid for the uh, Cardinals coming here soon. I, if yeah. you ask me, I, I think it's the 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 Rams all the way. Yeah, I'm gonna yep. ride with the Rams all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. They're still yep. plus three sixty to win the Super Bowl. By the way, that's not a bad take. Uh, the thing about the AFC though is like your best, your best, the best. <laughs> this is so weird to say. Your your best team with the best record right now probably is the Raiders. They are five yeah. two. And you know, and I say the best situation, but they don't. They literally got their their coach, you know, got literally fired. So we talked about Tennessee. Tennessee's lost their best player. You got Baltimore, Buffalo, Lincoln lingering right there. Cincy, we talked about Cincy was like the best team in the AFC. Well, they just got beat there by the fucking Jets. <laughs> like, what are we gonna do about this? Let's just have let's just not even let the AFC have a chance in the playoffs. Yeah. Just go all AFC teams right here. Any yeah, last words you. before we wrap it up? Let's end it tomorrow. Um, Chop on. Yeah. End it tomorrow. Von Miller. Rams get richer. And um, Texas. Texas keeps running out of gas. Gas too high. Yeah. Horns down. Them gas All prices right. are crazy. Alvin Kamara man. episode. We'll see you mm-hmm. all soon. See you, boys. <laughs>